say you know, up front uh, that I take full responsibility for this decision. Um, you know, I'm the founder and CEO. I'm uh, responsible for, for the health of our, our company, um, for our direction, um, and for, for deciding you know, how we execute that, including things like this. And this was ultimately my call. Um, and it was, it was, you know, one of the hardest calls that I've, I've had to make in, in, in the 18 years of running the company. Um, and a lot of why it's hard is, you know, obviously it, it has a big impact on, on your lives. Um, but also, you know, for our mission, we're, we're losing people, um, who, you know, you've really put your, your heart and soul into this place. And, you know, each of you is, is talented and, and passionate and, um, you know, each of you has played a role in making uh, Meta the success that, that it is. And um, no matter what team uh, you may have worked on, um, you know, each of you played a role in, in contributing to the products that billions of people use to connect every day. Um, All right, welcome back. It's Friday. I think I'm a little calmer today than I was yesterday. Um, really digging into some facts. And, and I think my takeaway is we probably didn't get the red wave that we would have liked. And I know in certain areas it was worse than others. But overall, uh, 219 races were won. You know, we 16 were lost. We took 100 school board seats. Uh, we are getting the House. Senate's still up in the air. But we will have control of the House. Um, and we just got to live to fight another day. I mean... Some of the key issues that I think we had during the election was uh, voting. Voting was, was a little awkward in how people decided to vote. Uh, married men broke Republican by 20 points. Married women broke Republican by 14 points. Unmarried men broke Republican by 7 points. But a staggering unmarried women broke Democrat by 37 points. So either young or unmarried girls um, leaned much more democratic than we did. And I, one of the reasons I think that is is the messaging. Uh, mainstream media does a great job covering up for the left. They put out a particular message that they beat into everybody's brain that's obviously not paying attention. We see how many people aren't paying attention just because um, what I said yesterday you got 40,000 people that voted for somebody that's not even on the ballot anymore. you got people voting for dead people that died but are still on the ballot, which is an issue in itself. Neither one should have been on the ballot. It shouldn't have been an option, but is what it is. People aren't paying attention. So the left does a very good job using their partner, mainstream media, to message to people. For Democrats, uh, much bigger than we thought it would be, now that you're seeing all the exit polls and, and everything coming out is – Abortion was a lot bigger than I think any of us anticipated. I thought with the way that the economy is and just, just the way we are in general right now and uh, poor living conditions, that that would be enough to wake most people up. But the Democrats have done, done such a good job convincing women 
that abortion is more than just killing a child in the womb. They attach health care to it. They attach long-term care. They scare people by using um, 11-year-olds or 12-year-olds that have been raped. Uh, us scary Republicans are going to make them carry it to full term. If you're having an uptopic pregnancy, you're not going to be able to get the health care that you need to terminate the pregnancy, thinking that we're just here to make sure that Republicans are here to make sure that women die under those circumstances. So they did a good job putting enough fear into women that they look at this more as a health care issue than they are actually looking at it as abortion, as terminating a life. So we, as a Republican Party, we have to do a better job messaging. We have to combat their messaging, and we have to be extremely clear on what we stand for. And I think going forward, that's that's going to be big for especially the 2024 election. That's just going to end up being right around the corner. We stopped here, and it's going to fire right back up. Uh, I, uh, even my wife's like, oh, at least we'll have a little bit of a break for a while. I don't see that happening. We're in such a fight for the United States right now. It's going to be nonstop until some type of sanity is restored to this country. It's going to go one after the next. As soon as 2024 is over, everybody's going to jump right on 2026. I mean, it's just going to one after the next after the next. But with that being said, moving forward, we have to do a better job with messaging. We have to be very clear on our plans for the future, what we plan to do, how it's going to impact and help people. Um, and we need to really put candidates forward that are unafraid and willing to stop all this woke nonsense in its track. I'm sure we can get there. Yeah, I'm feeling more confident that we can definitely get there. Um, yeah, we all needed a couple days to just get over the shock of what happened because, you know, we were all being fed, including myself. Everybody's being fed. And I was telling people everything that I found and was reporting, um, it was on all accounts. It's not that you were looking for a red wave. It was more like we were waiting on a red tsunami that, that everything was going to turn and we were going to have a massive count in the Senate, the house. We were just going to destroy the house. I mean, we were supposed to come in and annihilate the competition. Didn't turn out that way. But if you take a step back, take a breath, understand. Yeah, we did lose in places. We didn't want to lose. Um, at the end of the day, it wasn't a terrible election. It wasn't your average election either, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, some tomfoolery going on, that's going to be part of this going forward. Um, Jack Pasadic put out something which was interesting and his take on it, which he, he, there's probably something to it that in the future, what they're going to try to do is just make voting as simple as doing it on your phone. You don't have to show up anywhere. You just vote through your phone and it's all done, which would be obviously the absolute easiest way to cheat. But it looks like we're heading in that direction because if you haven't noticed, election used to be one day and one day only. Now, we got early voting, you got mail-in voting, you got counting for days, if not weeks. It's become like seasons of election. And he pointed that out, which uh, a point well taken. I, I do agree with him on that. So we'll see where it all ends up. Now, done with the election. You know, we, gotta, we talked about it. Time to move on. Um, wait for anything new that needs to arise to come up, and we'll talk about it. But until then, let's get back to more pressing issues. Nancy Pelosi, and I'll get to Mark Zuckerberg shortly. Nancy Pelosi was over at the COP 27, which I told you was happening. It's all about climate change. That's their big push. Uh, Nancy Pelosi 
is very adamant that Republicans are going to have to work with them to pass legislation on climate change. What was said, Speaker Pelosi, or soon-to-be ex-Speaker Pelosi, says, uh, win or lose, we still would like to have bipartisanship in saving the planet. I think that you saw this election was young people voting on this subject that took everyone by surprise, but not us. Uh, a panel uh, discussion earlier, a powerful lawmaker said that when climate change legislation was discussed in the House of Representatives, Republicans there were there was no climate crisis. It's all a hoax. And you know, I'd end up being one of those myself. Uh, it says we've got to get over that, she said. Um, they promised $370 billion that they gave to them in the Inflation Reduction Act. No support. No Republican lawmaker supported it, which is was a positive thing. She says it's quite likely if for some reason the GOP ekes out control of the House of Representatives, they will nix any climate committees because they don't believe in it. I agree with that. I don't think anybody's willing to work with her on this because they're, they're, it's more spending. It's, it's more spending. It's more control. There's no way that the people that are in the house right now, because you got some really big and strong names in the house right now, there's no way that they're going to go along with this. The question is, do we have a strong enough lead where we're not going to have a situation that that Democrats are able to basically bribe some Republicans with some pork to make sure that they vote accordingly and they can get some of this stuff passed. All I can say for that is wait to see what comes up. And if you notice somebody in your district is leaning like they're going to vote yes for some of these nonsense items, put them down on a chalkboard. Remember that they need to go because they are not about the country. They're all about themselves. Now, I saw something really, really amazing going around on social media and the Blaze picked it up and reported it. I'm sure they're not the only one that reported this. Um, but I mean, you want to talk about (laughs) irony, right? Um, an electric an electric vehicle coming from DC ran out of juice on a road in West Virginia. Now these out of towners were going about their business on their way, trying to travel somewhere. And when they ran out of juice, they were kind of stuck. The question is where were they stuck? Well, They were stuck right in front of a coal mine. (laughs) The electric car ran out of battery charge on US-48. It stopped right in front of uh, Matiki Coal Access Road in Tucker County. Lucky for them, some gentlemen came out to help them. Who was it that came out to help them? Well, a bunch of coal workers, coal miners. Originally, what they were going to do was tow the car and drag it somewhere. But when they looked under it, the entire car is basically made out of plastic. So they were afraid to damage the vehicle and did not want to tow it or pull it with anything. So the five coal mine workers pushed the car to their gatehouse and left it there for the people to figure out how they were going to get it towed out of there. If it's a special tow or if somebody's going to bring some type of a quick charge, you know, however that's supposed to work to get them to the next station. But they certainly were unable to put it on a tow truck at that moment. And they didn't want to do it because again, they don't want to be responsible for the damage. One of the guys, 
which is fantastic, um, decided on his way out of the coal mine that uh, he was going to give him a little gift. And I, I really like what he did um, on the way out. He dropped off a friend of coal license plate <laughs> before he headed home to him to put it on the front of their electric vehicle. You couldn't plan this any better as a commercial to promote fossil fuel, to promote gasoline, and to show you how inefficient electric vehicles are. The electric vehicle not only was dead right in front of a coal plant, which produces the very electricity that charges said vehicle, but also you couldn't even move it with a tow truck because since it's all electric, it's made of plastic and probably has to be handled with very delicately with care. Otherwise, you're going to crack up the plastic and it's going to be a problem and probably quite a bit of money to fix. I mean, you really couldn't plan a better commercial than that, though. <laughs> I mean, that, that pretty much says it all right there. Yeah, trust in your electric vehicle as it breaks down and then the fossil fuel workers, the nice guys come out and they push your car for you until you can get it all sorted out. Unlimited energy you're staring at out of this coal mine. It's unlimited how much energy can be produced there, but yeah, not for you. <laughs> now, had you had a fossil fuel or a gas vehicle, I guarantee you, you wouldn't have been on the side of the road there. And if you were, one of these fossil guys could have easily shot up the street to a gas station with you. You could have purchased uh, a few gallons of gas to get you back to the gas station and fill her up and keep on rolling. But instead, you got to figure the situation out. And it's just another shot at this attempt, this ridiculous attempt to transition this country into that. That is what you have to look forward to coming up in the near future Chevy Ford everybody's promising to go electric how many times over do you think you're going to see this scenario play out not to mention you know just god forbid if you've never listened to this before and it just hasn't dawned on you for whatever reason the only way you charge the car as I just said is through electricity most plants in the United States are either coal it's nuclear or uh, natural gas. Very little of solar, but solar is, is inefficient. So you're charging it with a fossil fuel. So whatever you think you're doing to save the planet at nighttime every day when you go home and you plug in and you're just burning that electric up, how much different do you think that is than you putting gas in a car? It's, it's just all, it's all nonsense. And Nancy Pelosi is going to push for uh Bipartisanship in the House, it's not going to happen. I don't see it happening. And if it does happen, uh, we need to hold those people accountable. They, they got to go. Uh, you know what I mean? We're cleaning up. Listen, nothing is going to go as fast as we want it to. Yes, we all wanted a red wave. Yes, we all wanted a tsunami. But the fact of the matter is it doesn't go as quickly as you would like it to. At the end of the day, you know, to save the country – it's going to take some time. It's going to take some elections. It's going to take this constant staying on top of things, and we got to consistently keep voting people in and voting people in. So it's going to take some time to get us to, uh, res to be restored. 
So don't let one election break you completely. I mean, 2020 was bad. 2022 wasn't so great uh, on all accounts. You see a lot of the the mess that it's been. But looking forward, you just got to say, all right, that one's behind us. It's like playing a football game. You lost that one. Well, next week, here's another game. So you got to get out and play the game. If you just roll over, you lose, you lose, you lose, you lose your contract. They don't want you around anymore. You're not producing. Get the hell out of here. You've lost your career. So same thing applies here. Yes, 2020 wasn't so good. 2022 wasn't so good. I mean, we did better than we thought, just not as as good as we would have liked. 2024 is our next game, and we just got to get ready to play it. All right, so now we're going to go back to the very beginning. Why did I play Zuckerberg in the first place? Okay, we have, there has been a constant debate, at least from the left. They want to argue it, and we're just standing our ground on facts that we're in a recession. On all accounts, everything that you see signals we are in a recession. The very definition of recession is two quarters of negative growth, which we had, so we're in a recession. However, people are trying to soften the blow, particularly before the midterms. Now they got a couple years to have some issues and try to straighten them out ahead of the presidential election. So you'll see now that everybody's saying, well, we're going to go into a soft recession probably by next, the beginning of next year. I don't know what the hell a soft recession is. A recession is a recession. You could add whatever descriptive word you want to the front of it, but at the end of the day, a recession is a recession one way or the other. An example of said recession, you heard Mark Zuckerberg in the beginning, and he is laying off 11,000 employees because Meta is not doing as, as well as he would like. So he laid off... I think it was uh, 13% of his workforce, and he's not the only one. You know, Twitter had a big layoff. Uh, Musk said he laid off about half, 50% of the workforce over there. Um, Microsoft laid off 1,000 workers this week. Lyft says that they're going to cut their uh, workforce by around 13%. Stripe, which is a digital payment firm, is cutting 14% of their staff. Morgan and Stanley's expected to start fresh rounds or a fresh round of layoffs in the coming weeks. Several other companies have also laid off employees or plan to do so, and they're imposing hiring freezes. Currently, job cuts announced by the U.S.-based employers increased 13% to 33,843 in October, which is the highest since February of 2021, according to a recent report uh, by the firm Challenger Gray and Christmas. Joe Biden's economy. (laughs) This is is what we're going on a ride for now. I mean, uh, the votes are in. The power is as it's going to be. And this is his economy. There's not going to be a whole lot of change going forward. Um, It looked like October's numbers came in at 7.0 year over year inflation, which means inflation cooled off just slightly. So the Fed is probably not going to raise rates as aggressively or as fast. But... We, I mean, we're in a recession. There's no denying it. We're going into a recession. We're in one. We're in one. We're going to be in one. And that's that's Joe Biden's America. Look at how much money. In, in two years, Joe Biden has spent $10 trillion. $10 trillion. Even when inflation was on the rise, they went and passed another bill, spent an additional couple trillion dollars, didn't care, even though everybody told him it was going to be disastrous once he spent that money and it was going to have a serious impact on inflation, which they did. So because of piss-poor policies and decision-making on the top end, what ends up happening? Inflation rises, in which case you got to bring it back down. So how do you bring it back down? The Fed has to raise rates. The Fed is raising rates, which is pricing people out of homes. 
I mean, it's a, it's a domino effect. Everything around us is a disaster and it's not going to get any better. The, do- the dollar has been now devalued even more. The inside paper had a report that the pound jumped 1.9% to $1.1574 and the euro railed 0.8% up to $1.0092 versus the U.S. dollar. So our dollar is being devalued, which is to be expected with everything that they're doing. So I think what's important to remember going forward is accountability. Uh, I mean, that's the only way things get better. What does accountability look like? What are they going to do in the house, which we have for sure? What are they going to do to address these issues? One of the easiest ways to address is how much you're spending. Stop the reckless spending. Stop spending on nonsense. For example, Ukraine. Do we need to give any more money to Ukraine? I don't care that Sean Penn's over there giving away Oscars, and he probably should give an Oscar to uh, Zelensky because he's been putting on one of the best performances I've ever seen, and not because he's in the war, because he's done more commercial TV ads, and, and, and any any leader that I have ever seen that's in the middle of an actual war. Uh, so he should get an Oscar for his performance uh, that he's been putting on this entire time. But you need to stop spending in places like Ukraine. We don't need to be funding Plant Parenthood. We don't need to uh, be funding any climate change items. That should all be pulled off the list. We need to stay on budget. We need to trim the fat. That is how you start to recuperate from the damage that has been done. And Republicans need to step up and do their part. It's going to be difficult, especially with a split Congress. It's going to be difficult, but... You know, as of right now, we don't know for sure who's going to get the Senate. But if the Republicans get the Senate and the Republicans have the House, then what they need to do is spend some time trimming the fat. We're going to cut this. We're going to cut that. We're going to cut this. Get it to Joe Biden's desk. They need to get their message out that, look, this is what this will do. This bill is going to address inflation by bringing it down. This bill is going to cut all these nonsense costs that we don't need to be spending money on. They need to get the message out, bring it to the people so that all can understand, so that all can benefit from it, regardless of your political affiliation. Everybody benefits from it because we all need to benefit from it. They need to get the messaging out there. So when it hits Joe Biden's desk, if he vetoes it and doesn't sign it, it shows poorly on him, which will only help them in 2024 because I don't care who you're aligned with. When you see that they're putting together some common sense bills that are literally going to help you, they're going to help you at the grocery store, they're going to help you at the gas station, they're going to help you overall in your entire life. It's going to make things a little bit easier. When you see the guy running the country says, no, nah, we're not doing that, it's going to look bad on you and it's going to hopefully show them something that they haven't seen before, that maybe these people don't have our best interests at heart and maybe that's a little more important than being able to dismember uh, uh, babies in the womb. Republicans got to get out and do their job. Now, I've, I just said this this week, but I'm going to repeat myself. The only way that they are forced to do their job is if we hold their feet to the fire. So it's our responsibility to make sure that we oversee what they're doing and hold them accountable and force them to do their damn job because that's what this is all coming down to. We, they work for us. We don't work for them. We need to flip that back around. They, they have it confused right now. 
And you have to make more and more people aware. I know talking politics can be very uncomfortable depending on where you live, especially, you know, I mean, you could be in a deep blue area and it's going to get really nasty real fast, but find people that you can have a substantive conversation with about politics that aren't going to flip out at the first moment and start yelling and screaming and start having conversations with them to get them to get interested and engaged. Because I know once people do, it always leads them to the same place. Oh my God, the Democratic Party is lying. Oh my God, I don't really like what Republicans are doing, but at least now that I'm paying attention, maybe they want to be an independent and that's fine. But at least if they're paying attention to the right issues, then we're going to have better elections going forward. So do our part by holding our representatives accountable, going out and hitting the streets and trying to wake more people up And we should be successful in saving the country, be successful in waking people up, be successful putting good, solid candidates in there that are fighting for our best interests. We'll be successful in the end if we just do these simple things. doesn't take much. Your first few conversations may be a little uncomfortable. Once you get past that, then, then you're just like a machine. Then it's, I'll talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere. I can stand my ground because I have all the facts. No big deal. Hopefully I could change some minds and change some hearts. And we could get back to some type of a normal situation here in the United States. Because right now, we're in the insane asylum. And me personally, I'd like to get out of it. All right, it's Friday. Although I'm in a better mood, I don't really have my fat fact for you. The, the elections were as stressful as they were, and uh, you're just not going to get one this week. I do apologize. <laughs> I'll, I'll have something good for you next week. Uh, beyond that, please, try to have a good weekend. I know it's tough, especially in certain areas. It was a tough week for you guys. Try to have uh, a good weekend. And uh, oh, FYI, just got a notice on my phone here that uh, Bobert has now pulled in the lead in Colorado, so that would be some good news. Um, so try to look at the bright side of things, maybe detach from social media for a little bit, do some fun things with the family. Don't think about it and, uh, try to enjoy your weekend. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review me, especially on Apple. It is of great help to me. It helps people find me. Uh, if you'd like to check out anything else I do, littlejocc.com, go to the uh, contact section. If you'd like to send me a message beyond that, again, have a blessed weekend. We'll do it again. Monday.